Here's Clark again. Oh, and through again he goes. He's got Satuto with him. But it's Ioane, in fact. And Rico Ioane's going to score. What a brilliant play from Caleb Clark, and the Blues are in again. Then it back this near side for Vince Arso. Vince Arso gives it away to Umanga Jensen. And he's got it on the line. And that is a try. Pass. Oh, oh and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Counter Ruck, a podcast where we discuss all things rugby. I'm the host of the Counter Ruck, Stacey, and today we welcome a very happy, uh, very smiley looking uh, diehard Chiefs fan here, uh, Rog. Roger, brother, thanks for jumping on, man. How's it going? Chiefs mana is all I have to say. Yes. Uh, <laughs> happy days, happy days down in Chiefs territory. Yeah, mm. we could see a bit of contrast in the energy levels for myself being a Blues supporter and you being a Chief supporter <laughs> on the podcast. So I'll try to lift mine up to to your level just for our listeners out there and uh, people who watch well, our YouTube. I think if our listeners really could feel the real ambience when I when I clicked into this chat, it's like <laughs> I, was, I was zooming into a funeral or something. Oh come on, wait. No, no, no. It's like it was, it was good, a funeral yeah. service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, shuck, should I just, just skip a week this week and come back next week? But no, we gotta keep. We'll keep trucking along, boys. We'll keep trucking along. <clears throat> All right. So uh, before we get into it, I'll take care of our usual housekeeping things. Um, our website is up and running, so check us out there www.wizwiznet.com and also you can follow the Counteruck on Twitter and Facebook so give us a follow and give us a like and also we've got some little snippets and videos that go up through the YouTube channel uh, the WizWiz YouTube channel so you should can find us there as well um, but Rog mate we'll get straight into it I know you'll be happy about this so I'll give you the first word so on uh, was it on Saturday night the Hurricanes they lost at home 29-35, and a great comeback, it has to be said, by the Chiefs, uh, who showed some tremendous um, fortitude to come back from a half -time, large half-time deficit. So I'm not sure, I think, if you switched off at half-time or what happened there, Rog. We lost you for a little bit in the group chat. But I'll give you the first word, brother. How did you see that game? And what's it like uh, over a year without a win? Uh, what's, the, what's the feelings like? Well, equaling the Highlanders... Um with a record like that, there's nothing to be too proud about and you wouldn't really be singing too much praises there. But I think, uh, yeah, over a year it was pre-COVID when they first, uh, when they began the losing streak and the week before that, um, it was their last win. So yeah, well over a year, but it's good to be uh, victors once again. And I think uh, some of the, the tribulations that they, that they went through last year, I think, they're slowly learning from that. There was progress. And even though they were down uh, 20, I think it was 20, 26-7 at half time, I was still Shit. encouraged by their performance. And and I was watching it at the down at the local club, uh, Watamata Rugby Club, and I was still entertained by the way that the, the Hurricanes had played and what they were doing because their tries were, were, were really good as well. So yep. it wasn't. And then despite being down by that much, 
I was still encouraged by the effort that the, the Chiefs were putting in. And I think those crucial moments, because they were in the 13th minute when um, when the Canes scored their... F- oh, no, sorry. It was the Chiefs that started the scoring line in uh, Trask's try under the post or near the post. And... Um, Oh no, sorry, edit this out. It was the 11th minute, was the first try to the Canes. So it was almost bat for bat when they, the Canes scored their first try. Jordy Barrett skimming through the back line, confusing uh, McKenzie, and then passes through to uh, their halfback, which was his first start for the Hurricanes, yep. Luke Campbell, who scored yep. under the post. So, um, But then a few minutes later, that's when... Damian McKenzie was able to be the first receiver, skipping two passes to where their hooker, Takiaho, uh, who was then able to break a, lot, a tackle. And the, when I look back at that tackle, it was, it was Adi Savia. Adi Savia who just slipped. But I think it was just the line that Takiaho was, was running, where the two inside runners from him, D-Mac, skipped him and went to the third person, which was Takiaho, to break the line and then offloaded to Caleb Trask, who scored under the post. Um then a few minutes later, the Canes again, um, quick hands from Campbell to Letcher, who then found Lomape and then running about 20 metres before he handed it off to Riccatelli, who scored in the try, which is becoming a sort of a familiar sort of a scene, seeing hookers scoring down the flank there in the corner um, in mm. recent times with Dane Coles, um, Taylor, uh, Cody Taylor as well, and then also uh, Asafo Omoa, who's unfortunately... Injured at the moment from a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, you know, again, like I said, 26-7 down at half time. But, and then the, the comeback started. And I remember saying that to a couple of guys that were watching. And I know they can be my, they can be a witness to me saying, you know, yeah, Chiefs comeback from that point. And, you know, obviously a lot of people would have uh, disagreed. And we're just seeing the form that the Hurricanes were showing was hard to sort of try and break in. But yet in the 56th minute, 55th minute was when um, we were able to uh, regather and sort of get things back together. And that was when we were able to get a quick uh, distribution. And it was on the backs for Tia Tia to score. And Chase Tia Tia, he was a hurricane last year. And so for him yep. to, you know, he's obviously been signed with the Chiefs, but I was really encouraging when he scored that try near the uprights. But then a, a couple of minutes later, an aimless kick from what I believe was an aimless kick from from uh, Ledger, where D-Mac regathered on their 22. And then he was able to go through. Geordie Barrett missed a tackle. And, he, and then he went through a couple of other would-be tacklers to then hand off to Tete again, who was you know having a great uh, game himself. And then offloaded to Weber, who was able to score in the try. And then that was the, I think the turning point was when those two quick tries, and then they were able to capitalise and just keep the momentum going, and and then eventually win uh, the scoreline that they had. Forty was it? I didn't even know what the final score was, but it was a it was a good one. So yeah, but like you say, it's been a long time between drinks. Uh, they haven't won a Super Aotearoa match until the weekend, so I was. Yeah, quite encouraged by their form, and it's good to see them be able to get a W again. Wow. 
Rod, you really savoured that one. That's possibly the most comprehensive review we've had on our show ever. <laughs> Mate, well done, brother. Um, I think you covered every single thing that happened in that whole game, which is good, so I don't actually have to say much. I remember, like you, thinking at halftime where you said, oh, the comeback's on. I was the opposite. I thought this is going to turn into a 50-point drubbing the way the Hurricanes were, were playing. Um, then that's where I give the the uh, Chiefs a lot of credit because to come back from there, um, given their mental state, they probably a bit low on confidence and all the rest of it. Although they didn't play like it, um, I thought that that, that bode well for them. And you talk about Tia Tia, um, he got some points in the West West Medal for us because he was he made a difference, a massive difference when he came on. And uh, uh, this sort of con- continues on the debate that we we're having last week about McKenzie maybe being a ten the 10 for the Chiefs because it was good to see Trask back, I will say, and I thought he was good in his first outing for basically since um, that uh, Maldives against the, uh, the Moana Pacifica last year, so he hasn't had a lot of rugby. But I thought when they put uh, T-Mac, D-Mac to 10, and I think it was Tia Tia who came on to fullback, they looked a much better team, so I think that's just going to be a never-ending debate there, but uh, yeah, well done to the Chiefs. They deserve it. I didn't you know, when you think of all the, the mud teams that have got the, those types of records, like that Highlanders team was was ordinary. This Chiefs team, on paper at least, should never be in that conversation. They're way better than 12 consecutive losses, I think. So, but well done, mate. Congrats to you, mate. It, must be happy. <laughs> but it was even from last week, because a, a lot of the calls that could have easily gone the other way with uh, the officials and that, and a lot of the controversial calls that happened last week, but it was even through those that effort, you know, that they had their backs against the wall and they couldn't even buy a trick last week. So, but the, their performance wasn't all that bad. It was just those, you know, execution was just a little bit off, and again, a few calls uh, went the other way. So, and that's why I was I was even encouraged last week, and um, despite all the controversy that was surrounding that round, um, not only with that game, but, you know, even the following match. But, you know, I was I was quietly confident that we could, you know, get the win, even though we were down at halftime. So it was good that they were back to their winning ways. How long they can, you know, maintain that, that's, I guess it's going to be a good tester against the Blues this week. The Blues are going to be licking their wounds and they're going to be wanting to put on a big performance um, and disrupt any home celebrations for the Chiefs uh, next week. So, but then the the Chiefs are going to want to try and keep that momentum going and and put in a good win against the Blues as well. So it should be a cracker. Yeah, nice. Um, they got Caleb Trask back. We talked about it. it's good to get him back, and I think Boshia's not long to be back as well. So some real firepower to come through. But yeah, congrats to the Chiefs. Uh, they deserved a win, so about time they finally got one. Um, my voice is a bit croaky, sorry if anyone's listening, so apologies for that. But, but we'll move on to the next uh, the next game on Sunday. So the Blues lost 27 to the Crusaders, 43 uh, at Eden Park. It was a bit of a tough one to swallow, Rog, but mate, how did you see that one, brother? Well, I was hoping... Top of the table clash, um, a lot had been said about the Blues really taking it and if there was an opportune time for them to be able to knock the Crusaders off their uh, their pedestal, this was the game because a lot had been ex- 
expected of the Blues leading up to the end of last season, as well as just being able to, you know, go blow to go blow for blow with the Crusaders and and I think uh, their momentum from last last year, as well as leading into the the first few rounds this year, they'd shown that they got the goods, they got the firepower, and I'd like to go back to something that. Uh, Jeff Wilson, John Kewen and uh, Ken Laban were talking about earlier on. And they said, and this is, I think it was Ken Laban that said this, great rugby teams have 11 great character players and then a sprinkling of genius. And I think the Blues have got that sprinkling at the moment. And that's what he said just leading into this game. I believe it might have been uh, John Kewen, sorry, JK. And so I, I, I sort of hear where he's gone, but unfortunately it was it was all nullified uh, this this week against the Crusaders, um, against the other teams earlier on, they had shown that uh, they had some good key players that was able to marshal the troops around and, and get go forward ball. But, yeah, unfortunately, it just didn't seem to to be able to push on from what they, when they they've started. So, but I think what was encouraging for me for the Blues was the injection of uh, Tom Robinson, Kirk Eklund, and Adrian Choate leading up to, and Adrian Choate's um, run up the, the right-hand side, as well as Tom Robertson later on, led to uh, Eklund tries, both Eklund tries. So, and they were, you know, those loose fours coming on just shows, goes to show how much of, and, and that's not even with Papali'i coming into the, into the four. So they've got a wealth of, uh, of loose forwards there with Akira Yuane and, and, and Gibson starting, so it's, 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 it's a matter of who misses out, and it's good that Adrian Choda's taking his chances, but yeah, I think Akira had a, he was shut down quite a bit, and when he can, when he when he's a player that can spark it from any anywhere on the field, and, and that's what uh, he was able to do with the try that he scored, but yeah, just, just I think that Akira Yuane as well got, was was shut down quickly and not able to get uh, a lot of forward momentum. But I believe Hoskins Satutu had a good game as well. Yep, yep, I agree with all that. One thing about the the Crusaders is their uh, their ruthlessness. So they were able to absorb a lot of the Blues pressure, build their own pressure, and then to convert that pressure into points. So it seemed like every time they got down into the Blues area, they were walking away with something, either a try or a penalty, or something, so, you know, just taking all those opportunities, it was actually four tries each, but 43 to 27 sounds like a bit of a blowout, so it was the ill-discipline of the Blues, and the pressure of the Crusaders, which was quite, quite telling, mm-hmm. um, I agree with your, um, your thoughts on the, the bench of the Blues, just as a Blues fan trying to find some positives, I thought Eklund, uh, you talked about Robinson, and Choate as well, Really made a difference. Um, Finley Christie as well coming back from uh, a longish term injury as well, and the halfback made a difference. So there's some good positives to take it up from the Blues. But I know when that game got sort of cancelled last year from COVID, and then they had another build-up preseason which didn't happen. It sort of built up the tension that these two sort of sort of like a clash of the heavyweights, two top teams, mm. and. In some ways, it didn't. It sort of failed to deliver because the Crusaders felt like they were always, you know, in control of the game. But um, yeah, to me, it seems like the Crusaders are easily one, and then the Blues two, and then and then we're going from there. But um, 
I will say made, the Blues yeah, have you know they've made leaps and uh, a lot of strides uh, in the last couple of seasons. You know from what we were used to and became familiar with them. So they've really come in in leaps and bounds. But at the same time, with that expectation, um, it's almost brought them back down to earth to show that there's still a great divide between the mental toughness of the Crusaders as well as just some of the set pieces that they like. Even their mauling game, they were they were moving the Blues back with ease, and it just seemed like they were it was hard to to, to disrupt or to stop their their rolling mauls, and and so they just it's almost that they had so much time to be able to play and decide what they were going to do next and how they were going to capitalise on, on errors and opportunities. So. Yep, yep. Uh, the, the ecstasy of your Chiefs and the, the agony of my Blues, but uh, it was a good weekend. Um, just on the Wiz Wiz point, so Rich, Richie Monger, sorry, who had the uh, ball on the string, he got three points. Uh, Ethan Blackhead, <laughs> Ethan Blackheader <coughs> picked up two. And Widelock, he grabbed one point as well. So, um, so Silver yeah. Roost didn't get any points for his acting, or he got negative negative points for that um, <laughs> disgrace of a show. What, what did you <laughs> What did you make of that, actually, uh, Rog? Uh, the acting and the I just um, think arm crossing that... and all that sort of antics. Well, I think that was a bit of a, uh, you know, a bit of a ripping against Akira, uh, not Akira, Rico Iwane, the way that he's been celebrating his tries this year by the arm folding after dotting down. So I think that was a bit of that. But it didn't last long because it was real momentarily that he did that and then turned away because I think the chants were slowly becoming booze um, in that corner where he scored. So, but with the actual dive, yeah, it was just that. It was a dive. And although he'd been suplexed by Eklund from the ruck, he didn't have to carry on with it the way he did. And then even having the medics or the physio come and check him out, there was nothing absolutely wrong with him. Um, I believe that it could have gone even um, more wrong for Eklund. I reckon it could have even been deemed a red card because the head, when he suplexed him like Mr. Perfect did once back in the days, the head actually touches the ground or sort of bounces quickly off the ground. So that he's lucky to escape that. But we'll soon see as to um, what consequences he's, he will face um, as they'll be fronting the Sanza judiciary tonight, um, along with Ofa Tungafasi for his um, clearance versus Scott Barrett in the ruck. Again, I believe it was nothing. Uh, the referee deemed it because it was... Because if anything, if it was contact with the head, the chin is part of the head. They 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 watered it down to a yellow card because it was a glancing blow on the chin. The chin is still a part of the head, isn't it? So it should still be a red card if if there's any contact with the head. Albeit that he was coming in to try and clear, I I, I believe it was more the chest area, but a glancing blow on the chin. I think the right call was made because it would have been terrific for it to be a red card. But again, it's what are the rules? The rules are any contact made with the, the head is deemed a red card. So there's a little bit of inconsistency, but at the same time, in saying that the right call is made, if that makes sense. Yeah, I do wonder about that because this was sort of billed as the big game and the top two teams. I wonder if the ref sort of felt that pressure that if he gives a red card, that's that's going to kill off the contest right there. So. Um, mm. I, I agree. I, even though I'm a diehard blues supporter, I would have 
if either of those got red carded, I wouldn't have had a lot of complaints just because you said, um, you know, if you ref properly and consistently, yeah, a shot to the head, because a suplex, there's no way that you're allowed to do any of those things. It's because the suplex was, you know, legs have gone past horizontal and I don't know, there's no nothing conclusive that the head did touch the ground, but it just seemed like the head pivoted off the ground. But then that's still head, legs have gone past horizontal again. Isn't that a red card? So yeah, and yet the, it didn't even get a it didn't even get a yellow card. It just got put on report and <clears> a penalty. So yeah, yep, yep. Um, disappointing for the Blues, but yep. Congrats to the Crusaders. They are a juggernaut, and they just continue doing what they're doing. So oh, I don't know what more you can say. Great uh, superlatives you can say about the Crusaders. But um, we'll have a brief look. I'm not sure if you caught anything Australia or anything you want to touch on on any of those two games. So the Rebels beat the, the Waratahs 33-14 and the Reds beat the Force 26-14. Yeah, I did catch some of the, the Rebels and uh, Waratahs and it just seems like the Waratahs are having a real bad slump at the moment where they're yep. getting hammered. And, um, you know, the Rebels not long ago when they became... Uh, in their inception, they were a salad dweller for a long time, and yet now they've got a few players like the Matt Tomors, um who had a stellar game on the weekend with a, a nice uh, kick and chase or chip and regather and able to score in the in the mm. corner. And I think that goes to show the importance that he is not only to the Rebels but to the Wallabies setup um, yep. going forward, and especially leading into this next World Cup. But uh, Jordan Walese scoring a try as well. He's, a, he's a, also a capped international um, hooker. And so there's, there's a lot of talent in that in that team. Um, Ili, I can't, I can't remember what his first name is, but he set up their first try. Um, but he had a bit of razzle-dazzle, good footwork in order to set up the first try to their winger. Um, but that's the first home win for the Rebels in 380 plus days, so again, similar to the Chiefs, who hadn't even won a win, hadn't got a win, but for the Rebels to win at home, um, I think it was something good for their fans to celebrate as well. But yeah, they look they look dangerous, the Rebels, and um, I think mm. they could uh, really set the competition alight. But yet <coughs> you've got um, the likes of Queensland who will probably try and put an end to that. Yeah, um, you touched on the main guys. Tom Moore was good. Um, Richard Hardwick, he was the official man of the match, and he got three points for us for the uh, the Wiz Wiz medal. And Hunter Paisami in the Reds, he carved up, so he got the three points of the Wiz Wiz medal for that as well. Um, he got a couple of tries there for the Reds, who are they are undefeated over in Australia, so they're looking really good. Uh, it'll be interesting when if this Trans Tasman competition goes ahead, uh, how the Reds and the Crusaders sort of match up seeing as they're the, the two top teams on each side of the Tasman. Um, yeah, because, uh, yeah, Hunter Paisami, the commentators couldn't um, harp on about him enough during that match, and they seemed to be, have good raps on him, um, and he scored two tries in that game. Um, he's almost like a pocket rocket. He's not as big as a Lomape, but he's probably the same height. But then he reminds me of a, a, a young Sam Tutupou, but on defence... I haven't been convinced enough on defence that he's like a semi pull, but definitely on attack he can um, hustle his way up the line and, and get through defences. So, yeah, and that showed in his couple of tries. But what I don't get, 
is this chewing of gum by these guys. That he's, he was chewing gum the whole game. So, and it wasn't the first week that I've seen it, but I'm, I don't understand. How can you chew gum when you've got a mouth guard? Or was he wearing a mouth guard? Hmm, might have to have a look at that. But you're right about Australia because they've got sort of James O'Connor, um, Matt Moore, who we talked about, Hunter Paisami, um, Reese Hodge, uh, Jordan Pataya, all trying to fill in these uh, 10, 12, 13 jerseys. So, it's going to be interesting who they go with it. And it's good because Australia is getting some genuine depth um, in some certain positions, and that's one of them. So, mm. uh, interesting times for Australia. It wasn't a given either because I think they came in sort of like thinking that they'd easily win that game against the Western Force. But Western Force have got a few international players and obviously our own Richard Kahui, who was playing on the wing there. And, mm. and they were saying that he hadn't played on the wing since 2012. And so, wow. and you know, he's been more of a centre. He played in the All Blacks as a winger, midfielder. So, but yeah, that was an interesting stat. And so he was on the wing. Um, he's well into his late 30s now, but still showing the goods. And he was able to get back before, I think it was Hunter Paisami, before he scored his, one of his tries. He was able to disrupt it a bit by showing his experience in ankle tapping. A young fullback that was a lot quicker than he was, but able to still ankle tap him and then, but, unable to stop what came later on with Hunter Baisami scoring a try to finishing that movement. But, yeah, uh, that another one that stood out was that uh, Vunuvalu, who's playing yep. for the, the Reds as well. So he showed some skill towards the end of that match as well and his athleticism by mm. a good show of hands with a low ball that was uh, thrown to him and skill and power to fend off one of the last defenders before handing it off to Campbell to score and seal off that match. But, you know, it, was a, it, was, it wasn't a, a runaway by any stretch of the imagination. So Queensland, 26-19, Western Force put up a good show. They've even got um, Carney from Ireland, fullback. Yeah, is, is it yeah. Steve Rob Carney. Carney. Rob. Oh, Rob. Rob Carney. Yeah, playing for Western Force. So it's like, oh, a few internationals. And I heard Thrush. Is, is that... Thrush that used to play for the yeah, Hurricanes. Jeremy Thrush from the, the Canes. Yeah, he's, that's the lock. So yeah. they've so put a bit of a ragtag bunch. And so, you know, that could add to as to why they've sort of got some of these former internationals playing and bolstering their team to get some good results. Because, you know, we, we've got to remember the Western Force, they they were kicked out of Super Rugby and, and now they've got a bit of a lifeline coming through the due to the way the landscape is at the moment and being able to have some super... Uh, Super Rugby through the Australian competition. So good on those guys. Yeah, nice, Rog. Uh, it really makes a difference when you've watched all the games. I can really hear it in your analysis. Really coming through <laughs> strong, mate. You have, you're on fire tonight, brother. <laughs> now to get to the hard parts is where we start doing some previews of what's going to happen uh, this coming weekend, Rog, for you sometimes. But on I think it's on... Uh, Friday, I'll have to check, it might be Friday or Saturday, but the first New Zealand game is the Highlanders at home uh, to the Canes. So uh, how are you seeing that one, mate? I think it's going to be a good clash, you know. It's going to be, are they playing at home, the Highlanders, or is it? Yeah, Highlanders down in Otago, so um, they got a pretty yeah, good record I, at home. Obviously, the, the Canes would be, really, you know, if they weren't desperate uh, this weekend, just gone, they'll be absolutely wanting to get a win, trying to uh, rub it in the Highlanders fans as well as the Highlanders by disrupting their celebrations at home. 
Adi Savia has led. You know, we don't. It does. There's no question he's a quality um, loose forward. Um, it's his first year as captain, and so he was always a leader as a player and, and through his actions. And he's already said that he's more of a leader by actions, but now he's got that responsibility of being someone that has to uh, negotiate with the referee if required and speak on behalf of his team. But I believe they're going to have a good game. But at home, Highlanders are always going to be difficult. They're going to have the the university students behind them. They're coming off a bye. And Jonah is going to want to make mints from their last outing. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be a close match, but I'm, I'm picking the Hurricanes to get their first win of Super Aotearoa 2021 and win by 10. Ooh, nice. I quite like that one. That, that's a that's a good um, good shout there, brother. Um, I actually seeing it the other way because I think the Canes... Uh, when we did our preview together, I actually picked the Canes to come last. And if they can't beat the Chiefs at home, no disrespect to the Chiefs, but they, they, their record in recent times has been has been poor. I don't give them much hope. So I think the um, I think the Highlanders will take it out. But um, Fulal Fakatava, he just re-signed with them. So just get your thoughts on that, mate, because I thought it would have been good for him to maybe leave and push his case for for All Black uh, higher honours by being a regular starter um, at another franchise, maybe Moana Pacifica or something like that, or the Blues would take him. But just what are your thoughts on him staying there? Any 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 ideas on that one? I think, um, well, he's obviously, you know, number two behind who is the best All Black uh, halfback at the, at the time, at the moment, and who has been the number one All Black halfback for a few seasons so I think to be an understudy with uh, Aaron Smith, it's it's no mean feat. So he's he'll be enjoying that environment, learning off the best in the game, and trying to push you know for his uh, for higher honours himself. So I can't, I'm trying to think: has there ever been a time when there has been one and two from the same province or from the same franchise and super? Oh, it's a good question. Maybe some trivia for some of our listeners, but off the top of my head, I can't, I can't recall that ever happening. Because you know, there was a time when I'm sure was Andy Ellis was he ever playing around the same time as Justin Marshall or was Justin Marshall? Oh no, Justin Marshall coming through. So you know, you've had guys who have been understudies, but then you know, the likes of Kevin seeing you went down to the. Crusaders at the time and Andy Ellis was down there as well so you know they and they were both in the mix somewhat so I'm trying to think but I, I know like when you like with Kivy when he went to back to the bay and he was a regular starter I think that was where he really piqued the interest because eh? he was sort of yeah. you know I thought that was where he really made his strides forward so I would like to see Fakatava get some stats. I'm sure the Highlanders would have had to make some some promises around game time. Yeah, well, I mean, he's had a few more starts that he because he's been there for a few years already. So, you know, yeah. off off the back of his uh, uh, his form for the Hawks Bay, um, I'm, 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 that's why he's getting the game time that he's, he is now. So, just reward for an awesome ITM season. Yep. Minor yep. 10, minor 10. All right. 
Nice. And then uh, that brings us to the big game of the week. Crusaders got the bye. Chiefs at home against the Blues. Mate, give us your thoughts. Unbiased thoughts. Give us your unbiased thoughts. Like I, like I said at the top of the, the cast, um, I, I believe the Blues will be, you know, the walking injured at the moment. They'll be wanting to rectify what went wrong because we know that they've got firepower. They've got elusive backs. Once they're, you know, out in the open, they can do all sorts of um, magic. Caleb Clark, I don't think, was um, in the game as much as he could have been last week. He wasn't given the time nor the ball. Yep. Um, so I think he'll be looking at injecting himself a bit more and for the backs to be able to utilise him or even to come back and crashing through the forwards a little bit more. So he's got to get a little bit more hungry because he was starved of the ball. And that, again, that comes down to the Crusaders being able to nullify uh, them being able to use uh, their outside um, weapons such as um, Caleb Clark, but you know Bryce Heem was a was an interesting selection for me. You know, coming back after a few years out of the New Zealand game, and mm. but you know who had played for the Blues previously, so he wasn't all that bad. But he was good. When yeah. I thought, yeah, and I thought that he when he got shut down in the corner when I thought he was going to score a try, but he got gunned down uh, um, by the Crusaders there, but. But I think he was a. I didn't even realise he was in the squad. So he's a good person to have in their in their ranks. But with that kind of strike power, um, you know, it could go any which way. And I believe that if the Blues are able to capitalise and use their resources to the best of their ability, and for the likes of Tom Robinson or Akira Yuane to do what they can do up in in the forward play up in the middle, and only for their backs to be utilise out wide. I think it's going to be an interesting game down at uh, in the Waikato. But the Chiefs coming off uh, a really positive weekend. Um, again, they were looking forward to building more momentum and carrying on that sort of form and, and getting another W. But it's going to be a close game. I can't call it. Um, in my heart, I'd say the Chiefs by five. But it could be an upset. Is it an upset if the Blues win? No. Um, if going on current form, no, not and, to me. and it would have been a, it would have been an off week for them because they wanted to you know do better than what they showed in front of a home home crowd at Eden Park on the weekend. So Chiefs could come out and blast them away by fifteen. Oh, yeah. Um, we talk about uh, Eklund and these guys. Um, I think that could have a big say now they go. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they get uh, suspended or whatever. And that could help to chip, uh, tip it towards the Chiefs a little bit. Also playing at home with the confidence that you mentioned. I think it's going to be a close game. But I do think the Blues just have a little bit more firepower uh, and personnel. So I'll go the Blues. And in in in, like you said, I think it's going to be a really good game and an entertaining game. Both teams like to play a lot of rugby as well. So... I'll go for the Blues in a close one. I think the Blues by five. But uh, that's also must-watch TV because the Chiefs, even though they've been getting the wins, they're one of the best teams to watch. So, uh, um, yeah, some good thoughts there. And we'll look forward to that game. Um, 
or look at our TAB account, mate. So we put 10 bucks on the Blues 1 to 12 last week, which didn't come through, but we're still massively in the positives. So we started with $50, and we've got 156 bucks left, so well over $100 a profit, mate. Give us a tip for our $10 for the week. Have you got any thoughts mm. for that, Rog? I think... Uh... Okay, Caleb Clark to score the first try. Ooh, I quite like that actually. I think um, who have they got there? They got uh, is it Jonah Love on the Jonah Low on that that wing there? He's um, I'm not sure if he's mm. if he's that good. I'm not sure what happened to Sean Stevenson. They keep benching him, but uh, yeah, I, I quite like that one actually. If he's especially if he's up against uh, Low there. Who I think is um, still fighting his feet at this level. Yeah, ten bucks on. Uh, I quite. I will take that bet. Uh, obviously, we will have to wait till the teams get announced. But uh, yep, ten dollars on on Caleb Clark first try scorer. If we get that, then we should be um, well into the two hundreds. So I quite like that bet actually. Mm. Um. Just for our Wiz Wiz medal, I'll give everyone a quick quick update. So, um, just for our listeners out there, we have a three-way tie for the lead at the moment in the Wiz Wiz medal. So, uh, for Super Rugby Player of the Year. Um, so, just to remind everyone how it works, uh, we're doing using a three-two-one points uh, scoring system for every match in Super Rugby. So, three points for the best player two for the next best, and one point for the third best player. And then we tally up the points at the end of the seasons to find out the standout player in Super Rugby, uh, who will receive this sort of um, mythical Wes Wes medal. <coughs> so the three players... <coughs> sorry, <coughs> I can barely talk. <laughs> so the three players we got tied for first are Richie Maunga, Cody Taylor, and I suppose a bit of a surprise of some sorts for New Zealanders is Matt Moore. So they're all tied on six points. Um, Akira, he's next in line with five points for the season. So we've had a bit of feedback um, on social media because not everyone's agreeing with the points and how it's been and uh, the leaderboard. So I think part of the issue is we're not um, putting the points up each week for the players, of, of the scores that players get for each round. So uh, I'm just putting the leaderboard up at the moment. So we'll try to rectify that from now on and put the points up so everyone can see who got points for each game for uh, for the week, just so uh, everyone's aware. But, um, yeah, Roger, we're about to close up. So I'll get some um, some final thoughts from you, brother, before we close. I think France have a chance to win the Six Nations next week, but it's all dependent on... Scotland beating Italy with a bonus point. Oh, that's that's that should be quite comfortable. You'd think. <laughs> you'd think. You'd think they should, but you know, who knows? Who knows? So then, uh, yeah. So Wales were then because if 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 Scotland don't beat Italy with the bonus point, then um, Wales win. Oh, I wonder who Scotland. Uh... Just out of spite, you know, they're quite spiteful over the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. They'll be like, nah, we don't want France to win. <laughs> well, what didn't help was that because France beat Wales on the weekend, so, and that's now put them in, they've finished their games. Now it's all falling on this game between Italy and Scotland. And Scotland have had a pretty good, because um, then Scotland will come into second place 
Shit. And, uh, yeah. And so that's a pretty decent performance because in England have had a, a real bad performance of Six Nations. So, and Scotland just seemed to be on the improve and leading into the next World Cup. So they won't be just, you know, always having average results against uh, this other Six Nations team. So they've been able to really come to the fore this, this time around this season and, and show some really good performances. But yeah, that's just out of interest, but who knows? And your man, um, your man, your favorite player. Yeah. When Jones is still playing. So. Oh yeah. Good, good. He's still got it. I've, I think he's closing in on, um, I'm not sure. Is it 150, 150 tests coming up for him just for Wales? So, uh, one of the greats. Mm. Mate, mate, what about the club scene? Um, Did you guys kick it off? I think, was that what you said last week? Yeah, yeah, it was just a pre-season competition, the Wakanathan competition, leading into the Galahad Shield, which will start on the 10th of April. So, it's a pre-season competition named after after Wakanathan. Um, And so... Waitamata played Eden and similar to the Chiefs but not quite where they were down uh, Eden had three tries on four tries they scored to, uh, on us in the first half and and we were able to score most of our points or all of our points in the second half but just to lose narrowly to them 33-27 I believe it was in the end so but it was a good comeback because we had no points in the first half but I think it just showed we're just trying to um, be more patient. We didn't have as uh, that many flash tries like Eden did. They had some flashy backs that were hard to stop, uh, slicing through the defence and the up in the middle. But uh, Waitamata showed a lot of patience and um, good sort of uh, phase play to lead up to their forward tries or uh, tries after several phases. But uh, Pons and P, so Eden, the winners, they go on to the top eight all the winners go on and they play in pretty much what is the semi-finals of the Wakanathan. It's pretty much a knockout competition. So Waitamata are okay. I think the other winners were um, Ponzinbi, who beat Pakudanga. Uh, College Rifles came out on top against Papatoitoi. And there was other teams that will go through by default. I think Maris beat... Maris, who did Maris beat... Can't recall, but yeah. So some of you know, club rugby is gearing up for um, tenth of April. So it's one more preseason week this week, and then we got Easter the following week, and then into the season. Oh, nice. Have you have you guys got anyone coming through, or did you see anyone sort of on the club scene that you think shucks this guy could be? You know, might a ten cup or the ITM cup. Uh, I forgot which one yeah, it is a, now. Bound anyone? Yeah, there, was, there, there was a few guys that were coming through for um, Eden, but I mean they were flashy as quick backs. Um, but I, I don't know their names. Don't know their names. Um, Hoskins Satutu was down there supporting his Marist um, before his game on Sunday. Oh, that's awesome! Um, that's awesome. Adrian Chait was there running the waters and on the sideline for Yatamata oh, yep. as well. So. Yeah, it's good to see some of the names come down to club grassroots level and just, you know, show their presence. So it was good. It was a good day all around for uh, the club scene where they had all 
all of the clubs sort of converge on Swanson Road out West Auckland um, and sort of show what they've got and what they're working with because a lot of players are still out um, in the Blues development and all the Auckland rugby representatives um, sides. So a lot of teams, Eden, I was told that Eden were missing eight players who were involved in the in the Blues development. So, and, and they they were still they looked good from the players that they had yesterday on Saturday. So, um, oh, that's that'll good. Just yeah. add add even more for so, and the same that'll be the same with a lot of the club teams. You know, they'll have some players that are currently just with the training squads and that, and then they'll mm. inject themselves mm. in due course into the club scene so but it's going to be an interesting yep. one because there'll be it's a full round robin so all clubs will play each other and then they oh nice divvy, divvy it up from there go into either quarterfinals or semis mm. yep nice uh, we said this before on the podcast but if you're trying to get involved in rugby or you want to watch some rugby some real entertaining rugby people just playing for the love of the game not for the money or any of those types of things get out and support your club uh, we've got our mate, good mate here, Rog, who's uh, still lacing up the boots. So if you've got some, if you disagree with some of his opinions on the podcast, go and tell him at escape. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I want to, um, yeah, just in closing, I just wanted to congratulate Rog, mate, and the Chiefs getting their, their first win um, for a while. I, I still can't believe that they lost 12. I've always said that I don't think that this is a team that you think of as a 12 consecutive lost team. Um, no way. Not with uh, Leonard Brown and McKenzie and, and Boshier and Kane and all these guys. On paper, there's no way that's a 12 loss team. But, um, yeah, congrats to you for finally getting the getting out of the rut. And, um, yeah, I want to thank all our listeners for joining us for another episode uh, of The Counter-Ruck. We're available on the usual podcast platforms. So Stitcher, Spotify, Apple all of the podcast platforms so wherever you get your podcast you'll find us on there and also on youtube so you can check out our videos as well and uh, watch us instead of listening if, if that's uh, more your style uh, so keep watching or listening and keep providing us with that feedback um and rog thanks for sharing your extensive knowledge this week i will say that mate you were outstanding this week brother uh the chiefs win and you, you bring the big guns mate so well done no. well done to you brother Oh, it's the same as any other week, you know, just... just... <laughs> yeah, I need no, you to come in. I've got a bit of a cough, so just came on once the podcast started, so uh, must be too much <laughs> Chiefs. Can't believe these Chiefs guys, but uh, yep, that's us, <laughs> boys. We'll be back again next week, so uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, boys. Christiano. Nice, nice. Nice. Shucks. <laughs> <laughs>